Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Well, to kick things off, um, yeah, Kimberly and I just want to say how honoured and blessed we are to be attached to this house. Um, yeah, we counted a massive honour and blessing to take on the kids' ministry here. Um, we're super excited about what God's going to do through it and through us and, and, and through the leaders. Uh, we've got some awesome leaders um, that God's, um, yeah, blessed us with. Amy, you're a champion. <laughs> Couldn't do what we do without you, so you're a, you're a gift to us. You're awesome. Um, when I was preparing this tonight... Um, God sort of just wanted me to share our journey, really. Um, I think just because we're new here, I thought it'd be cool for you guys actually here to hear how we ended up being here. And um, it's pretty massive, but um, it's awesome. And um, just, yeah, hope you enjoy it and see, see what God wants to do through it. So, um, yeah, so like we've only been here physically for six months, but our, our heart has been attached to this house for some time. You see, this very moment in time we're standing in is right now is the fulfillment of a vision and dream that happened 15 years ago. <laughs> Kimberly and I have been blessed to um, be on measure to have Tico and Shelley. Um, as part of our lives over those years. They're a family, and we're honoured to be able to serve with you guys again, and that God's been gracious enough to give us another crack at it. Oh, it's hard to read these words with tears in the eyes. <laughs> um, for sake of time, I won't share our whole journey, but I'll fill you in over the past few years. Um, so as you know, we were living in Brisbane, and... Um, Pastor Tico was flying at the time, and he would quite often uh, stop over in Brizzy and we'd catch up for one of his uh, famous curries. That was always a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and then he would just often share with us the amazing things that were happening over here. Um, we sort of got a real sense that um, one day that we'd be doing ministry again together, but just not sure how that was all going to play out as we were pretty settled in Brisbane. Um, we had our son Israel, um, who was a miracle in, it, in itself after trying to get pregnant for over two and a half years with him. Um, so, yeah, over this time we'd catch up with Teeks and, and we caught up with him. Um, sorry, Pastor Tigger, sorry. He's <laughs> like my brother, so to call him Pastor's like, oh, no, nah, it's all good. We honour the man, we honour the man. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, I catch up with him, and one of, one of these times we caught up, we uh, were at a Planet Shakers conference, and um, got to meet up with some of the crew from here that he'd brought over and stuff. So that was awesome. And um, one of these times, uh, I was there on my own. Um, where was I? Sorry. Uh, yeah, so I was there on my own this time, and and um, believe God that was uh, from there. From the, that revelation from that conference, I thought, yeah, this is the time for us to move back. And um, 
So I thought, yeah, okay, I was there and I was going to go home and sort of share this revelation with Kimberly and uh, sort of lay it down. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just from the moment I stepped off the plane, I could just feel the air sort of dispersing out of that dream. There was a mix-up of where she was picking me up from. And as he had just been given a grief a lot of the time that I was away. So um, the trip home was a quiet one. I, I, I began to grow uh, increasingly frustrated with life and how one, one day how God could reveal this grand plan to me and yet he didn't share that same information with Kimberly. My next grand plan <laughs> was to bring Kimberly over here and to experience what life was back, like back over here. So we came for a long weekend and had, had an awesome time here. When we returned to Brisbane, we started attending um, IC Church. Pastor Paul Gelling was our senior pastor, and I think he was here for your summit conference last year. So over, over the next few months, we um, both came to the agreement that moving to, back to New Zealand was what God had laid on our hearts. I remember calling Tico up one night to share with him the exciting news. During the phone call, he asked to be put on speaker and asked that we both be in the room and sit down. (laughs) I had a word from God that I want to share with you. (laughs) He said, oh, you're going to have another baby. I was like, really? Now? (laughs) Sure enough, two weeks later, (laughs) Kimberly was pregnant. So the fulfilment of the promise gets delayed yet again as we decided to remain in Brisbane for the birth of our son Judah. During this next season, life settled down a bit. We started getting more involved in our church. Kimberly was helping out in kids' church and we ran an e-group for families at home. We kind of just got on with life and thought returning to New Zealand had kind of moved from our thinking. I attended a men's conference in March last year. Let's just say God wanted to remind me of his promise. (laughs) We had some free time in an afternoon and a friend and I went for a walk. He asked me, what is it you think God has set aside for you and your family? I said, I can definitely see us back in New Zealand at some, some point, but not sure when. The next morning, Pastor Steve Penny was preaching and what he said hit me like a bus. If I was going to give this short talk to you guys a message, a title tonight, it would be, Believe in Your Promises and Not in Your Problems. From that weekend on, God kept reminding us of his promise. We both went to Shaker's Conference in April, and that was another time of preparation for us. Then two weeks after that, our senior pastor calls us forward during church to prophesy over us. She said, the two of you are in for a significant change in the next few months. We both knew what it was, and that was God's perfect timing to return. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You see, church, as hard as it can be when you're an impatient person like myself, God's timing is perfect. Life hasn't been all roses since we've arrived here. There have been many times when all we've had to hold on to is our promise from God. We've had an underlying, but we've had an underlying peace that through it all, we're right where God's placed us.
We're so blessed to call this place our home. We've made some great friends in the short time we've been here. This house is blessed with so many gifted people. One thing Kimberly and I are super passionate about is seeing people reach their full potential in God. To the see the likes of Roy slaying the drums, <laughs> that just does my heart awesome because back in the day I used to smack the skins a bit myself. <laughs> to see Reese do his logistical thing. Man, that production we put on just to be backstage, that was just awesome to see how that just functioned. It was awesome. And you can just see the hand of God upon people doing their thing. Jesse doing your hosting thing. <laughs> Teak's ability just to lead us into the presence and when he walks in a room the ability just to bring life Nick's ability to communicate mate it's awesome you're a man of faith you just build faith in people it's awesome Shells a lot of people haven't seen this gift yet <laughs> that your ability to teach. <laughs> I just pray that gift reignites in you. These amazing people in this house, we can't, can't wait to see all the hidden gifts that God has for every one of you and to see God release them, release you to your full potential. Sometimes God drops dreams in our hearts and he's built them into our DNA. Kids' ministry, I guess, is in our DNA. And God's been developing us and preparing us for many years for such a time as this. We're so excited that we get to help each child discover, discover the person God has created them to be and journey with them to help flourish in their gifts and talents. God has laid a promise on the heart of everyone here. Make time to hear his promise for you. Pray into it. Enjoy the journey. And you t <clears throat> that you take and see the fulfillment of your promise. I can tell you from my journey, there were times that were hard. There were times of, of joy. Relax and let God fulfill his promise to you. David was anointed as king when he was just a child. The journey he went on was extraordinary. But he never doubted God's love for him and the promise he was given. And his promise came true. The choice is yours. Are you going to keep believing your for your promise? Or does your problems or delay seem bigger than your promise? Everyone's journey will be different. This is my journey. And I love that you guys are now all part of it. The start of this new year is a great time to reflect and remember all the God deposits in your life. May I encourage you to make this year the year that you pursue your own promise with all your heart. Thank you. Come on, give him another round of applause. I just love that God located a dream and then located a man and then placed that man in the location of the dream. It's just awesome. And the double portion provision for your sons. What a great way to go, Kids Church. It's awesome, awesome. Bless you, man. So good, so good. Man, tonight, on top of that, I just want to welcome another one of my very good friends. I wouldn't enjoy the role that I do anywhere near as much if it wasn't for his influence. 
for his character in my life. I wonder if just for a moment you would also just welcome our brother, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. You can sit down. Don't need to stand for me. That's all good. <laughs> like Nick said, I'm Ben, for those who haven't met me before. Just a little bit about me quickly. I'm a physiotherapist, have been for two years. I help fix people who injure themselves. If you need something done, come see me. I charge. Uh, I, won't, I won't tell you what I charge. But anyway, we'll keep going. All right. Now, as you can see on the screen behind me, or you may have been able to see before, I hit up the young adults team here in Christchurch. And uh, i tell you what, it's a real privilege to be able to do, and it's a real privilege to be able to serve alongside people sitting on this front row, people throughout this church. And yeah, I just wanted to say quickly, that, that was really awesome. That was just, the heart behind that was incredible and just really stoked that you are here with us. So keep going. Awesome. But anyway, we're talking about new beginnings. And when I, when I think about new beginnings, I think about, well, it's just been New Year's and people make New Year's resolutions. Who here is, is one of those people who make New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe four people. That's not a very good turnout. But anyway, I was expecting maybe a few more. Um, but I admit, I admit that I don't really myself anyway, so I'm a bit of a skeptic because usually I don't really see people sticking to them and um, I'm kind of guilty of that myself. For example, last year I made a resolution that I was going to start running again. So I come from a background of running, uh, training throughout high school. I did six days a week training, and I was really intense into it, competitive national level kind of thing. Um, but I got a few injuries earlier into my university, and I decided to just give it up. I just couldn't be bothered putting in the effort to keep going anymore. And so I, I just gave up. And uh, so I had this resolution. Let's get running again. Let's get started. Let's get going. So first month didn't go well. I didn't do anything for the first month. I just, I just, end of January came around. I was like, well, that went fast. Didn't do anything. And you know what happened? The first week of February, we were at Pastor Tico's for dinner. And we went out to the beach for a bit of a swim before we had dinner. And I was running out of the water afterwards, gracefully. And then all of a sudden, there's a little hole. And I step in it and I roll my ankle. And I'm limping for the next two days. And I'm, I'm a bit sore. Oh, well, we get over that. Let's, let's try again. Two weeks later... Just before the 5 p.m. service starts, we're playing basketball outside. I go to jump to shoot a hoop, land and roll the other ankle. And this time it's a bit worse. This time I end up on crutches and have a week off work and I'm, I'm, I'm quite sore. Fast forward another four weeks. This time, 5 p.m. service again. I don't know what it is about the 5 p.m., but I just, I just keep getting injured. I was jumping. I was praising, as you do on stage, jumping around. And I was running. I was probably about here. And all of a sudden I try to turn and the left ankle gives way again. And so I'd rolled three ankles in six weeks, and it wasn't a very good time. <laughs> but you know what happened? I, I used those injuries as an excuse to not go into my, you know, to not fulfill that New Year's resolution. It was September before I even started to think about it again. I just found, like, oh, it's, it's going to be easier if I just don't put the effort in. <laughs> it's going to be easier, and it's going to be much more comfortable. I'm not going to have to push through pain. And so, but I realized that if I'm going to change anything, I actually have to stand up and do something about it. Nothing's going to change if I don't. My point is, we can so easily come up with excuses for not doing what we said we would do or what we intend to do. And for many different reasons, we can fall into a pattern of, th of just taking the easy road out and not making a change that will help us step into a new beginning. 
Now, when I, when I was thinking about this passage, came John chapter five. Um, we're going to read on the NIV. It should, you know, be it should be on the screen behind me. So, verse one. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie: the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Now, we'll just stop there for a second. We could assume this man's in two frames of mind. First one, he's tried everything that he knows how. He's just tried and tried and tried. It's been 38 years. And he's just come to the end of his own strength and he's just lost hope. But the second frame of mind is it's just gone so far that now he just can't be bothered trying anymore. He's come to the point where now he's making excuses. When Jesus asks, do you want to get well? He, he, he says something else. He doesn't say yes. He says, I, I can't. Now, that second frame of mind can often come from the first. Disappointment over time that just leads to an apathetic attitude. You just don't care. And I mean, both frames of mind are very similar, but unfortunately they take you to the same place, which is nowhere. So maybe you're in a place of paralysis and you've lost hope of moving forward and you're you're thinking things like, I don't know how to start, I don't know where to begin. Or maybe you've failed before and you're fearful of what's going to go wrong this time. Maybe you're thinking, I'm just not ready or I don't have the strength or I don't have the resources or the time or the talent. But maybe you're starting to make excuses and maybe you're just like, oh, well, it's not comfortable. I, I just can't be bothered. Or uh, I'll, I'll do it later. Procrastination 101. I'll, just, I'll, get, I'll get onto that at some point. It was, it was great being at Summit over the weekend. Pastor Sam had this little gold nugget which said, you will never procrastinate your way out of a problem. Or in this case, you'll never procrastinate your way into a new beginning. But regardless of which state of mind this man was in, Jesus' response to the paralyzed man is, in verse 8, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. So the title of my message, if you want a title, is Get Up and Walk. So we can all find ourselves paralyzed at times, unable to do what we want or what we should do. And it can be discouraging, it can be disheartening, it can be just frustrating. But I believe that Jesus is saying to you, get up and walk. You're not paralyzed anymore. Do do you know that? You're you're not paralyzed anymore. Jesus came to set you free. So whatever has been holding you back of stepping into your new beginning, fear, discouragement, Jesus wants to say to you, you're not paralyzed anymore. But if you've reached the point where now you're just making excuses, Jesus is commanding you, get up and walk. It's time to go. God isn't waiting for us to sort out every little issue in our lives, have everything perfectly lined up so that we can step forward. It's not about having everything planned so perfectly that we can just move. God wants us to trust Him. And I mean, if there are things that you need training in, or you need resources, or you just don't have the time, God's going to help make a way. He's going to provide for you. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He's going to make your path straight. So, I mean, what needs to change for you? Where is your new beginning? Just a few things. Is it, is, it, is it stepping out and talking to your non-Christian friend, unashamedly sharing the gospel, 
or inviting them to church? Is it a habit that you know you need to break? Maybe just deleting Facebook off your phone so you have more time. Or, or maybe there's a relationship that you have that is fragmented and you're holding on to bitterness or unforgiveness and you're stuck in place, you just can't move forward because you, it's just holding you and you won't be able to move forward until you let it go. There's some step that you need to take and I don't know what needs to shift for you. I don't know what changed. I don't know what your new beginning holds. But for my new beginning, I know that I have to step into it and I have to get up and walk and trust God. Don't hold on to paralysis or on to making excuses. Pray about what needs to change. Come to terms with it, but ultimately say yes to God. Say yes to His promise and step into it. Don't let your past rule your future. Don't stay stuck. Jesus came to set you free. And He's going to be with you with it. Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's going to be with you. So get up. Start walking. Trust Him. That's me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man, there's two significant life verses my mum prayed over me for so many years. One was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And the other one was Joshua 1. Get up and walk. So good. Get up and walk. What a great day. Today uh, is my daughter's fourth month birthday. She's young enough. We can still count it in months. It's a really good day. Man, one of the things that I love is if you look back over history is that every hero... Every leader, every artist, every person who discovered something significant, every Nobel Prize winner, every significant person who made an impact on this earth for the better, every disciple, every man and woman of faith, even Jesus himself during his time on earth as a person was once young. You just never know who's in the room. I love the fact that with Kim and Kurt, they're not the only ones solely responsible for the care and development of the young people in our church. See, as a family, we have a vested responsibility. We have a role to play all together, corporately and individually, to all love and encourage and to build and to shift and to challenge and to release the destiny of God and the young people in this church. It's not just Kim and Kurt, they don't stand alone. I love the fact that Ben and Joanne for young adults or even Leah for youth, we don't just shove them a group of people and say, go and do something constructive and try not to hurt anybody. But as a family, we have a vested interest in the development and the character and the encounter with God. Man, am I gifted and graced to hang out with intermediate age and massive? I don't really know. How many are grateful that it's not just me who's in charge of health and safety for the young adults and intermediate? Praise the Lord for His mercies. It's so good. But man, can I tell you this? I love those kids. We have so much fun. And just those moments where they encounter purpose, that I get to just share with them for a season. It's such an honor. It's such an honor. 
I was talking with a friend of mine uh, who has a very significant role to play in the New Zealand Army. He helps look after the base in Burnham Camp, uh, military camp here, just out of Christchurch. His name's Brett. Many of you know him. He's a rookie dude. I love that guy. And um, he was just telling me over the weekend about how he wanted to prepare his soldiers and to catch them off guard. What he decided to do was stage a riot. How many know that's a good decision? In New Zealand. Like, there's just some things that we're not prepared for. And anyway, so the army just have this bunch of people turn up and start yelling. But somehow he had managed to convince one of the local principals and the teachers to allow him to use a drama school, like the kids who did drama in their high school. How many know that teenagers yelling at anything is just a recipe for success? especially when you've got permission to do it. And he was like, look, I need you to understand some pretty loose boundaries and parameters here when you have a riot, just so you don't get permanently or seriously injured. But I also need you to understand that my role in this has to be impartial because when it's required, I need to be able to take charge of my men for your safety and for everybody else's. But when you get there, I just need you to start yelling. And he just goes off at these kids in this classroom. Come on, you baby killers. Oh, you guys go to war. And he just starts yelling and they're just not prepared for it. And so there's this teenagers who just like probably need to change of clothes for a moment. But the day comes quickly and they turn up on site at the military camp and they just start off with this awkward type of hustle and bustle. And it's a bit camp, pardon the pun. And it's a little bit awkward and it's a little bit weird, but they just start this rumble. And all of a sudden, there's just this moment where the adrenaline kicks in and this perpetual motion. And suddenly, it doesn't matter the size of the enemy who's standing in front of them. It doesn't matter that the enemy is equipped with weapons and barriers. It doesn't even matter the fact that these guys are trained to de-escalate riots. They just let something of a roar out. And it doesn't matter the size of them. When they gathered around a united purpose and a cause that was bigger than themselves, something just took over. And I wonder just for a moment, before we even get into stage three, would you just stand for a moment? I just wonder somewhat awkwardly, if just for a moment, we'd spend a minute in prayer for the young people over 2018 in this church. And it might start off a little bit awkward and it might start off as a little bit of a rumble, but I'm believing that faith will be released in this moment. And just for a minute, just for a minute, would you lift your voice so that this would be a year that every young person would encounter God that the purpose and destiny of His would not be hindered, that it wouldn't matter the size of the enemy or the fact that the enemy has weapons or strategy. It doesn't matter when He's on your side. Come on, who can be against us? Would you just lift your voice in prayer for a moment over the young people of this house? Come on, over the young people of this movement. Come on, over the young people of this nation. Jesus. all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. 
I'm about to do something new. Say new. Come on, say new. I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Come on, ask the neighbor, do you see it? You can have a seat. You can have a seat just for a moment. That's awesome. Thank you. In my Bible, the word new is mentioned 279 times. 277, if you discount like the cover page and the publisher's notes for the New Living Translation, officially 277 times, but it's on there 279 times if you include those two. You're eight chapters into the very first book of 66 before the word new is mentioned, and it talks about a new year, a new year. But one of the things that I love is everything that had happened up until those eight chapters was new. God just created new stuff. He created new people. He did new things. It's the very second to last chapter of 66 books in Revelations chapter 21, verse 5, where the word new is used for the last time. And he says in that phrase, he says, look, I'm making everything new. How many are grateful that he's making things new? Come on, he's making everything new. There's this intentional theme of new that God weaves throughout the Bible. And it can be broken down to many of the words new. I'm not going to go through all of them. We don't have time. Somebody say, thank the Lord. He's not going to get us till midnight here tonight. But in those 272, 277 times officially in the Bible of saying new, there are four categories that cover most of the times when the phrase new is used. The first one is locational. Locational news. Say locational news. From temporary to permanent, they include things like campsites, towns, gates. Man, how many know sometimes in life all you need to do is put a gate where there had been nothing to say. Actually, for me this year, I'm not going past that. That's all you need to do. There's temples, there's palaces, there's homes, there's territory, there's heaven and earth, a new heaven and a new earth. Locational news. Number two is eventful. Eventful news. Say eventful news. Eventful news include things like festivals, there's new moons, new days, new years, new generations. The third thing is provisional news. Say provisional news. I love this one. It's an awesome one. We heard it already. There was the provision of another baby. There was a provision of three ankles healed for three legs. It says in provisional news, it says there's, there's new wells, new wines, new grain, new crop. New swords, new bowstrings, new harvest, new clothes, a new body. How many would just love to receive a new body for 2018? Come on, the message of Ben was pretty simple. All you need to do is start running early. January still has a couple of days left. The fourth new, thanks man, is decisional news. Decisional news. Say decisional news. This includes things like meeting God at the altar. It's a new decree, new believers, new friends, new relationships, a new leader. A new covenant, a new heart, a new spirit, a new life, a new nature, a new way, a new honors, a new delight. Come on, it's a decision to honor somebody. Come on, how many are thankful for new mercies? It might not be your decision to give you new mercies. It was his, but come on, we're thankful for new mercies. The Bible is full of news. This intentional theme that just goes throughout the whole Old Testament and somebody say the New Testament. God is transforming our old ways of thinking, our old ways of speaking, our old nature into the new. How many are thankful for the new? We've got to understand that it's good. Come on, when it comes to the new, we've got to understand that it's good. With all of the new, it's good news. It's good news. Let me ask you four questions tonight in the four areas of new. 
for locational news, one of the things that I get the privilege of doing from time to time is asking people that I serve with or who serve with me this one question, is it a season or is it a call? Is it a season or is it a call? And if it's a call, if there's a grace on your life, if God has positioned you around where you are serving, man, let's figure out the detail along the way, but let's find a way to keep you serving in your area of grace. Let's find a way to keep you in the room. But if it's a season, man, there's grace for you to be released. Last year, every time a significant person wanted to move into a different area of serving in this house, I was grateful because I knew church would get stronger. And every time they did that, God blessed me with another phenomenal person. It was awesome. We get to lead with some incredible people in this house. But if it's a season, please, come on, hear me when I say this. Don't stop serving while you're figuring out the call. Come on, have the faith to believe that where you serve, God can locate you and He can release and He can birth the dream. He can birth the call in your area of serving. Come on, how many know it takes faith to say serving in an area that you feel is not a call? But the currency of heaven is what? It's faith. God operates in faith and it's so much easier to steer a moving ship. Is it a season or is it a call? Come on, serve into your call. Just believe that God will release and unlock your destiny as you serve into your call. Is that good? The second question that I like to ask you tonight is with eventful news. Are you excited for the eventful news of 2018? We heard this morning that Pastor Tico is transitioning into a role as lead pastor. I'm so excited to serve. We are so excited to run with and to serve with him. This is going to be awesome. One of the other things that I'm real pumped about is actually totally unrelated to me. It's in our area of women's ministry. Just clarifying that if you were wondering. I love the fact that this year that we have got intentional times for women to be able to connect with each other and with God to a whole nother level in the whole area of our women's ministry. Because for me, I understand that a thriving wife is a thriving life. It's really good. Like it's intentional. Now, I don't have the details. I don't have the notes. I'm not even probably going to be in all of the environments where you're all a part of that. But can you just make the pre-decision, if you're a woman or connected to a woman in this place, to prioritize those events this year? Prioritize them. If they cost you a bit of time, if they cost you time out with work, how about you believe God for the yes for the time off? How about you believe God that what he's going to deposit and unlock and release in those environments would be so much better than if you weren't in the room? I just think that's phenomenal. I'm real excited about the fact that our gatherings are about to launch. Who's excited for our gatherings? That's a great eventful news. Now, let me just preface this. Please, if you're launching a gathering this year for the first time or leading a gathering this year full stop, please do not leave this building without us praying for you. I believe that you're in a place where we want to just commission, but also go on a co-mission a few weeks of God just revolutionizing the way that you're able to gather people and speak with people and love people and serve people. Because how many know that's the environment where discipleship gets honed? And so many times in my life, come on, significant relationship is built, which precedes what significant ministry? So come on, I, I don't want anybody who leads one of those to leave without us praying for you and believing that God would just transform that. Is that good? Awesome. The third question that I want to ask you is with provisional news. Are you prepared to service and take responsibility for the provision that God wants to entrust with you in 2018? 
One of the best friends in our family, a woman who we love dearly, uh, owns a multi-million dollar apartment in Auckland. And the building itself is half the size of most of the, the houses that we all live in. It's really small. And there's like a few stories, and it's up a few stories, so there's like no outside. And the rates on that building are $44,000 a year. And I just wonder, like, I'm probably not alone in this, but I know certainly for me, if God opened up that level of blessing and favor and provision for 2018, could I, I'd struggle to service that. Do you know what I mean? And I just wonder, can I ask you this question? Come on, in your discipline, just with your life, in your discipleship, come on, what are you building into your life, the daily habits that would position you to be able to receive and take responsibility for and service what's required if God was to bless you and elevate you into another level. Come on, are you prepared to service it? Because He's not going to give it. He's not going to waste it. He's a God of excess, but He's not a God of waste. (laughs) The fourth question for decisional news. Are you willing to change the way you think? I didn't want to rewrite this. I didn't want to say this fancy. I didn't want to words it up. I just wanted to read it to you straight from Romans 12 verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But God, let God transform you into a new. Say new. new. Come on, say new. new. Come on, let him transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good. Come on, say good. good. Come on, say it again. It's good. Because it's good news. Come on, you'll learn to know His will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because the behavior and the custom of this world is countercultural to the kingdom. Where the world would say, elevate yourself, please yourself, and serve yourself. Jesus flips it in reverse and He says, if you want to be great, serve others. The greatest among you will be the least. The least among you will be the greatest. Elevate others, please God. Elevate others, please God, but serve others. Come on, if you get that in the wrong order, your life is out of whack. When we live to please others, there's a disconnect. When we live to please ourselves, there's a disconnect. But when we live to please God and lift other people up and serve other people, come on, how many know he can release blessing in that? Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. I'll finish with this. It says, then the angel of the Lord woke me up as though I'd been asleep. And he asked me, what do you see now? Friends, what do you see? Come on, so many times in life we can be going through the motions and just not even realize it's as if we were asleep. Come on, when was the last time God interrupted your plans and woke you up? And you just realized for a moment, man, I've been asleep. I've been on half pace. I've just been coasting and existing in that space. He carries on in verse 10. And I love this. I love this. Zechariah verse 410. If you need a life verse for this year to help you with your running, to help you to believe in your promises and not your problems. I love you. We'll get there. Come on. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin to see the plumb line. 
Don't despise the small beginnings. Come on, if he can rejoice over the small decisions and the small beginnings, how much more should we be able to rejoice to be able to see the plans and the plumb line and the small beginnings of faith as we take steps? I wonder if you just stand with me tonight. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. 